This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 112, The Education and the Business of Ballet. Hi there and welcome to session number 112 of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm ecstatic that you're here and joining me today. My name is Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world, the transformation I've experienced, the wonderful people that I've met along the way who also share their stories, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. First of all, I would love to have you in my private Facebook group, continuing the discussion on what I've started on this podcast, and it's called the Dancepreneuring Collective. So find me on Facebook, or you can just look up Dancepreneuring Collective and send me a request. And I would love to add you to the group, continue the conversation, and I'd really like to get to know you better and see where I can help you. So I would love it for you to join me. In our session coming up, we have another great interview that I'm excited to share with Kim Shope, who is the founder and creator of StretchStrength.com, a plethora of wonderful dance products, and she's done very well with that. So I also want to extend to you a special discount that she's offered to the listeners of the podcast, and you can take 15% off of any of the products online on her site, StretchStrength.com, and you just have to put in the code DANCEPRENEUR2017. This is only good till the end of March 2017, so March 31st, 2017, and go ahead and check her out. You're going to get a lot from her interview our conversation that I'm about to share, but take advantage of the discounts on her store. Again, the code is dancepreneur2017, 15% off anything until March 31st, 2017. So in our conversation, we talk about what she recommends if you want to have a professional ballet career, which she did. Also, we talk about what she defines as a holistic dancer, which I love that term, holistic, holistic anything, I think. <laughs> I just love that. And then we also talk about the challenges and the things that she would recommend if you wanted to start a physical product online-based business. So let's get to the interview. Again, I would love it if you joined the Facebook group, The Dancepreneuring Collective, and take advantage of the discount that Kim is offering on her site, stretchstrength.com. Thank you again for joining me. Hi, this is Kim Shope, former professional dancer with Kansas City Ballet, dance teaching artist and head of the dance department of Kansas City Young Audiences, and creator of The Porta Band. You're listening to another session of Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. Trained under the School of American Ballet, 
in the balancing technique, my guest today went on to become a professional ballet dancer as a soloist and performer of principal roles with the Kansas City Ballet. She is now a thriving educator opening the Midtown School of Dance in 1998, as well as an entrepreneur, the creator of StretchedStrength.com, which features products for ballet training such as ballet feet stretchers, the porter band to help porter bras and upper body strength, and so much more. I am so excited to welcome Kim Shope to the podcast. How are you doing, Kim? Annette, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled and honored to have you. I am excited to get into these questions and reading about your background, the awards that you've won, your teaching, your performance career, everything that you do, and all the wonderful products that you offer. I have questions that involve all of that. So are you ready to go? I am ready. Awesome. What are three things you would tell someone who wanted to pursue a professional ballet career? Well, as a former professional dancer and now a dance teaching artist, I would say really the most important thing is to immerse yourself completely in the art form. And I mean, by that, I mean, read about dance, watch dance, think about dance. When I was a student and now as a teacher, you want to analyze your classes, analyze the steps in your choreography, and above all, ask questions. Don't just take everything verbatim. Wonder and explore the whys of why you do things and why is it correct to lead with the heel? Why is it correct to stretch your hand just the proper way? And then lastly, I would say surround yourself with dancers who also love the art form as much as you, because you can learn so much from other dancers and other educators. What would you say about the current students that you have? Do they already have that? In, do, is that already naturally within them? Or is that something that you've found that you ha- you've had to teach them to immerse themselves and to be around, you know, to try to get around dancers that, that have that same mentality and that kind of thing? With my studio, we, we offer a non-professional track. So even some of the most advanced students are allowed to only take three days a week so that they can pursue their other interests, especially if it's academic. I'm very uh, lenient with that. But we have other students who just have that, that desire and that dedication and the craving to do more. So we also offer five days a week for classes for them because they would not be happy unless they were dancing every day after school. (laughs) And I can see when we're thinking about something or working on a choreography, I can see their brains just ticking along and they ask really intelligent questions and they make me learn and make me think because they, they just have that desire that you cannot teach. I'm glad that you brought that up, Kim, because I was just in a conversation and just in my own personal experience and in the, in the Los Angeles area, the commercial dance industry is very prominent and everything is very fast paced and it's in and out and that kind of thing. And there's really not that time allotted and the environment. It's very much about speed and how quickly can we get something done as opposed to really immersing yourself in that world. And it might be different in a, in a strictly ballet, ballet focused school, which I have not been in, in a long, long time. I'm glad that you brought that up because I find it interesting that there's such a different mentality within the dance industry itself, within even just 
all the all the different I don't want to say divisions, but styles and focuses and that kind of thing. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think there needs to be more of that, regardless of dance style. I think there needs to be more immersion in all the things. If you like, like you said, if you want to prefer, pursue a professional career in ballet or whatever other style, but anything you want to immerse yourself and ask the right questions and be around people that inspire you and challenge you. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I, I think it's also important that you not only you don't you don't want to put yourself into ballet only. I think it's important mm-hmm. to take as many dance disciplines as possible because, as you were saying, dancers today need to be even more adaptable than ever. And the dancers that have trained in modern and jazz are just naturally tro- chosen for leads when ballet companies are doing a repertory that is not strictly classical or even the Balanchine style. Now that goes right into our second question about um, your experience in the ballet world when you were dancing professionally to how it is now. And then also your roles have changed because you're an educator and you are also running your business. How is that the same? How is it different? What have you learned? Well, thinking about this question, I think that what I'm going to probably concentrate on. And what I'm most proud of is that I believe dancers today are healthier and stronger than they were 20 years ago or more when I was dancing. And while the value of the executive and artistic directors and the choreographers, they still want beauty and beautiful lines and unison and technique. I think that they value a holistic dancer even more. So what I mean by holistic dancer is someone who who can take care of themselves. They can come to class and rehearsal and be the best that they can be because they're aware of the wealth of knowledge that they can find um, on the internet and through medical specialists that concentrate on nutrition and physical therapy. And I just love that it's not a teacher saying you need to lose 20 pounds and then leave the dancer to their own, you know, just their own guesses and not know, well, how do I properly lose weight? How do I properly fix my ankle or my knee or build up the strength in my back? without uh, hurting myself. I think that's so important. And I loved how you describe that someone that is more holistic in their lifestyle and in their approach. So what would you say is the same and different in terms of you now being an educator and you running your business? Compared to when I was dancing? Yes, your focuses were obviously different. But in terms of your mentality and your mindset and that kind of thing, what would you say is the same and what is different? Well, I'm going to go back to the health because when I was dancing, I I didn't have the knowledge of really how to take care of myself. And I'm such a person that needs to know the why of things that if someone would say, you know, oh, you should eat nuts and low fat proteins if you want to be stronger and leaner. The fact that I didn't have the ability at that time to learn why it didn't really resonate with me. So now as an educator and just as my own person, I'm able to learn why I need to hydrate and why vitamins and supplements are so much better versus taking Advil and prescription drugs. 
So I'm, we're treating the cause and not the symptom. When I have a student who is getting sick all the time or has an injury, you know, I don't say, the first thing I say is, you know, let's find out why. Are you sleeping? Are you eating right? You know, are you rolling in on your ankles? Is that why your ankles are hurting? Instead of saying, oh, go pop some Advil. Um, so that's something that's, I think, very different uh, for me personally and hopefully for the dance world as a whole. Um, I also believe just in general that dancers and dance companies are fusing different dance styles in their choreography and in their repertory. I think it used to be in a show, you might have a classical piece, you might have a contemporary piece and a modern piece, but now they're mixing the genres into one and creating very exciting and new choreographic styles. And I think it's amazing. Yes, I love fusion of dance styles. It makes everything very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you can see, you can say, oh, that there's a, a bit of ballet, but it's the arms are different or the foot is flexed and it just kind of creates uh, more texture and more um, depth a lot of times to the choreography. And I think that's fascinating. Now, how about your foray into the online world with uh, stretchstrength.com? What have you been able to bring in besides the obvious of creating these wonderful dance products? How has your professional career helped with that besides the experience and knowing you know, what dancers are looking for? Well, yes, knowing that I think a better foot stretcher needed to be made so that you didn't, so that it was adjustable and portable and affordable. Um, I had seen some of the other foot stretchers on the market and I noticed that a lot of times they would kind of pinch the heel, just like when I was a student and I would put my feet under the piano or under the couch, it created a pinch in my Achilles tendon and then it would bruise the top of my foot. So as a professional dancer and educator, I saw what needed to be done. Same with the Porta Band. After I had created the ballet feet stretcher, I realized how much I enjoyed the process of designing and redesigning the product and sourcing the materials. So I thought, well, what else can I do? And I remembered in previous years with my students, I would fill up water bottles and have them hold water bottles. I would have little um, weights that I would put in their arms just to try to get them to remember that they have port de bras, they have arms, because so many times you're concentrating on the feet and the legs and the combination that you forget that you're really just holding your arms in the proper port de bras. So when I thought about that, I thought, well, this is something that would help my students. So that's how the port band was created. And I will say originally, I, a couple of years ago, I was searching for a search high and low for what I call now the dance class planner. And I couldn't find a really great, simple, succinct way to keep track of all my classes. Because when you're teaching 12 to 15 or more classes a week, it's hard to remember what you've given each level and each class. So that was what I came up with, an Excel or a PDF form that you could go in and say, okay, for bar, there's a plie combination, and then you have a place to type in what your plie combination is with a drop-down menu so you can choose whether it's plies or tendus or rondejambes or frappes. And for me, it helps me tremendously because I have all of my classes um, right there on my laptop or on my iPad. 
And I just, I wouldn't know what to do without that. What a great tool. Wow, that is a fantastic tool. What are you finding are the most popular items that you sell on your website? Pretty much evenly between the, the foot stretchers and the porta band. I only started selling the porta band in June, but they've been incredibly popular. And I'm excited to say that just last week, the United States Patent and Trademark Organization granted um, the registration of my trademark for Portaband. So that was a whole new experience and a learning challenge to, to navigate learning how to get my product uh, trademarked. Wow, that's exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, that's you. awesome. You know, in your resource section, I noticed two books that I have in my collection, but other ones that I'm definitely going to check out. But I also noticed that you made reference to um, RhythmWorks Integrative Dance, who um, Trisha Gomez, actually, I interviewed her on session 37. How did you get connected with her? We found each other on Facebook because I believe... There was one day back in December, I had shared a video, the very first video of my very first prototype of the Porta Band for the Porta Bras with one of my students. And I posted it in one of our Facebook groups of dance teachers and studio owners. And I posted it and left to go to lunch. And I came back and there were maybe 80 comments of people saying, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I can't believe it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and then many people, I think Trisha was one and uh, Jessica Griffin was saying, Kim, you need to take that video down. You need to patent this product. You need to trademark it before someone decides it's a wonderful idea and mass produces it. So that's what I did. I, and I documented, you know, when it was first, uh, kind of put out there in the internet. And Trisha has been one of my huge supporters all along and she takes it and shares it at the, the conventions and workshops. Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. What a wow. What a great testimony <laughs> to that. My goodness. Yes. And she has written me an amazing testimony too. That is, I believe, somewhere on my website. Oh, great. Yeah, I didn't see that. I'll have to check that out. What has been the most difficult thing about running a physical product based business? How would you advise someone who wanted to do something like this? It's tough. It sounds so romantic and so much fun. <laughs> about it. And I think I can do this, you know, but it's been difficult, challenging and fun. And I think for me, the way my brain works, designing and redesigning the products, researching and sourcing the new materials to improve the design and to make them exactly the way I want them has been difficult, challenging and fun. I really struggled to keep the research and development expenses down. I didn't do a very good job. And I learned the hard way that you have to sell quite a few products just to recoup the money that you spent creating the product. You order supplies that you end up not needing. And I hope that someday I'll be able to use some of those supplies, but then I will have to design and create a whole new product <laughs> and start this process all over again. I would suggest to anyone who wants to do it, though, be tenacious which I am very, very tenacious. All my friends and family and coworkers would um, agree. I would say, have the dream and go for it. And also find people who believe in your products and let them guide you and encourage you and support you and never give up. I showed my products 
to a few dancers and friends early on and they they really loved them and they encouraged me to go beyond even what I had planned to do. But also know that it takes years and sometimes a large investment of money, but even more importantly, time to see that the new products um, come to market. Because when I'm in my in my basement workshop creating a, a new product, I didn't think, well, I also need to create a website. I'll need to trademark and possibly patent the product. Learning about e-commerce is very a whole new a whole new game for me. Um, marketing has changed tremendously from when I had my own my own dance studio years ago. I had to learn about shipping, packaging, and shipping rules. Um, accounting is no fun. It's oh no, <laughs> I agree on that. <laughs> it's no fun for my own personal taxes and the business, but now adding a whole new element to it has changed things tremendously. And just learning about product costs and the margins that go along with that is something that you really need to, I would say, be all in on, but I'm not all in because I would say 80 to 90% of my my heart, my passion, and my love is with Kansas City Young Audiences and the school that I run and the students that I teach there. My dance family at KCYA is the most important thing, but I've enjoyed uh, this, this new foray into the product world as well. And you're definitely providing a solution to a much-needed challenge that ballet dancers, dancers in general are looking for. So I think it's awesome. And you took the time to do your research and you are diligent about doing what is necessary to get your product out there. Like you said, you're tenacious. And I think that's a huge thing as an entrepreneur, as a dancer, as anyone that wants to accomplish anything, you have to have tenacity. So thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome. We're going to go into these three questions, which I call the dancepreneur in quick steps. So... (laughs) I got I I told someone else I'm like I I think I got to change the name because the conversation ends up being longer than just quick answers and I I like that though I like hearing the reasoning behind you know the why like we talked about why is so important on these so are you ready Kim I am ready okay what is a dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why I would say ballroom and I say that with my studio. Midtown School of Dance did offer tango and swing lessons, and I did take the classes with my boyfriend at the time, and I had I had a great, great time learning uh, the tango and swing. And I would say that if I had more time, which I have zero time right now, I would love to take some ballroom dance classes and possibly even compete. I think it's, it's such a beautiful and fluid art form that it's something I know I would love. And I was thinking about this when I was dancing professionally, you know, you have this connection with your, your peers, you know, if you're dancing in the corps de ballet, but if you're dancing a pas de deux, you have this incredibly deep connection with your partner. I miss doing pas de deux with the dancers from the Kansas City Ballet who are now still my dear, dear friends. And I think that's something that I could find on a different level with ballroom dance partner. 
Yes. And all your years of ballet training, being able to hold your the carriage that is required in, in those styles, I think you would do fantastic. I think it would be a lot of fun. It would be a great challenge. Maybe, <laughs> yes. Maybe someday when I have more time. Well, when you do, you have to let me know so we can we can watch you and see see your journey on that as well to add to you know all your all the successes you've had already. So, what is your uh, or who is your favorite dancer or choreographer and why? My favorite choreographer, without a doubt, one hundred percent, is George Balanchine. I'm not surprised you said that. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably the first choreographer in my opinion, to really see dancers as not only artists, but athletes. He developed a style and technique to showcase the dancer's strength and the prowess that they have. And he referred to his dancers many times as thoroughbred racehorses. And he saw them as having the ability to do things that had never been done before. And he challenged his dancers to push the boundaries aesthetically physically, as well as emotionally. He was very, very tough on his dancers. Because he was tough on himself, he also required that of his dancers in kind of a loving, fatherly way, I've heard. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I loved how you described all of that. And as a young ballet student, when I was training in the balancing style, I really loved the precision of the technique. I feel like he analyzed and therefore helped me analyze every movement. And I really loved that. Since I'm so analytical, I appreciated that with his technique, there was really a right way and a wrong way. And I could always strive for more perfection. And Serenade was the first ballet that he created in the United States. And he created it on the students from his first school. They didn't have a great deal of experience. So he created the steps that would benefit their training during the rehearsals. And the choreography and the steps were simple, but highly stylized. And I've had the honor to dance Serenade many, many times. And it's an incredible experience. And I always just felt so joyful when I danced it, even though it was pushing us to kind of new levels and new heights in our technique and training. Do you have video of that, of you performing that uh, that piece? I don't believe I do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, oh, I would have loved to see that. I would love to see some videos. I would love to link them in the show notes if you have them available. Okay. I was not one of those uh, dancers who was great at getting the videos from the Kansas City Ballet. Some did, so I might be able to reach out to a few of them. Um, but now I think they're a little tighter on who can have the videos. But, uh, you know, maybe we could reach out to someone and I could explain the situation and they might be able to help us out. Oh, awesome. Yeah, because I, I would love to see that and see you in action. Mm-hmm. So the last question is the dance style that currently describes your day and why? <laughs> I laughed when I when I heard that because I would say <laughs> I would say fusion. And I looked up the definition of fusion and fusion. I will read. Fusion is an improvised lead-follow approach to dancing to any style of music that does not have a strictly defined dance aesthetic. And I say definitely fusion because I lead, I make a plan for my day. That is, I consider the lead. Um, That can be creating classes, choreography, choosing costumes for performances, emailing parents and staff, making and creating shipments of portabands or ballet feet stretchers. 
but then something will pop up and I need to follow. I might need to have a last minute meeting or a big order of projects might come in or one of my teachers is sick and needs a sub. So I need to be able to improvise and quickly change from one plan to the next. So that's why I say fusion. Kim, thank you so much for that thoughtful answer. I love that. Oh, gosh, that was such a great description. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So if you want to find out more about Kim Shope, you can go to stretchstrength.com. I will link all of her information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kim, for being on the podcast and sharing your insights and your expertise. Love what you're doing and the impact that you're making in the dance world with your students and with your products. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you so much. It's been an honor speaking to you today. I appreciate the kind offer that you extended, Kim, for the discount Dancepreneur 2017 for products on your store, stretchstrength.com. I'll also link this in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 112, where you'll also find all the links referenced in this episode. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. That way I can continue improving the podcast and I would love to give you a shout out on a future session of the Dance Printering Studio. Again, let's continue our conversation on the private Facebook group, the Dance Printering Collective. I want to get to know you better and know best how to help you in your dance and your business journey. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.